everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Okay, Nick. I had a uh, client come in for a first session the other day, and he asked me a question uh, that I think is, is common. It's common enough. It comes up a lot which is, uh, what's so great about talking about my feelings? So it seems this person maybe has some ambivalence about therapy anyway, not sure whether they want to commit to it or not, but they ask this question. And I've, I've had it come up a few times over the years. What do you usually tell people when they ask that question? It's mm. a really good question because I think that's a common stereotype out there about therapy is just like, well, why are you going to pay someone to just talk about how you feel? Like you can do that with your, you know, your spouse or your brother or your bartender or you know, whatever. whatever. Why are you going to pay someone to just tell, tell someone how you feel? Um, and I think that the first thing that I often um, explore with people is, sure, maybe it's just something you don't have any interest in doing. But I think a lot of times we, we don't talk about how we feel we don't talk specifically about emotions, sadness, anger, um, because it's uncomfortable. It it kind of makes us feel uncomfortable. Like when think about the last time, maybe outside of therapy, <laughs> when was the last time you just said, "Gosh, I'm feeling really sad," or "I I just feel really guilty," or um, "I feel a lot of anger right now." Mm-hmm. And to me, anytime, and this goes beyond therapy, but I think just in general, anytime we feel a a strong aversion to something, it's worth like looking at, like, what is that? Why is it so uncomfortable for us to talk about emotions? Um, So the fact that it's really uncomfortable means is just an initial indication that it might be pretty important. And and I would agree that, that strong emotions warrant exploration, maybe. But to play devil's advocate, don't people talk about emotion all the time? I mean, isn't don't people constantly say, you've pissed me off, I can't believe you did that. I mean, aren't we expressing emotion a lot? Especially in relationships, it seems like there's a lot of expression of emotion. So you feel like people don't do that enough? or I, I think it's, the, it's not so much a matter of quantity, it's a matter of quality. So how we express our emotions in regular life is often very different than how we do it in therapy. I gotcha. So in regular life, it tends to be a few things. We, we tend to talk about them really quickly. So we jump from, I was so upset about this, and then you did this, and then I was upset about this. And, I, and you never stay very long on any one particular emotion. Well, and when you're doing that, you don't really dwell on the emotional part of it either. You kind of just... You're looking for a solution or an answer, a behavior change, or whatever. And so, yep. yeah, there's, there isn't a discussion really about the emotion itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're also, often when we talk about emotion in real life, we're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. We're kind of overwhelmed by the feeling, mm-hmm. which is not um, a bad thing necessarily, but it does make it hard to get um, a degree of objectivity right. on the emotion. Right. Whereas when you're doing it a week later with someone else um, it can be it can be very different true and um, oftentimes I guess in our private lives when we do express emotion there's no real kind of 
I guess, clarity that comes out of that discussion. Um, you're not really kind of, the, the function is very different than, uh, meaning you're going to get their perception of what happened or how you're reacting or whatever. It's not about exploring your own um, experience with that emotion. And I, I think that's right. It's In regular life, when we talk about emotion, it's rarely about the actual experience of emotion. It's about some idea or right. some behavior Perception. or something. Um, but it, rarely do we spend a lot of time literally describing how it felt when your spouse said something snarky right. to you. Right. You know? So it's a, it's a, in a therapeutic context, discussing emotion has a really different function than yeah, just so telling your friend that they pissed you off. It looks very, very different. Right. And I think um, the fact that we do superficially talk about our feelings all the time in regular life, we've got these these emotions and feelings that are clearly influencing us a lot mm-hmm. in regular life. And if you don't think your emotions are influencing you a lot in regular life, call Dr. Sewell for some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Emotion, emotions play a huge role in our, in our beliefs, in our behaviors, in, in everything. Right. And the fact that we don't spend a lot of really thoughtful time exploring them, that seems strange. There's something that's so important and meaning and like impactful in our life that we don't spend a lot of really thoughtful, deliberate time exploring, that just screams to me like, hmm, we should look into this a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's part of my, you know, I guess, standard response when somebody asks this question is that, you know, emotions play such a huge part in your life and your behavior and your behavior patterns that if you're not an expert in your own emotional experience, you're, you're probably not picking up on other issues in your life. Hmm. Right. If if you're not if you really don't understand how you experience anger and how you express anger and how you deal with anger, then I would I would bet there's some problems in your life. Okay, so let's to make this concrete, let's say, you know, you're telling this to me and I and to play devil's advocate, I'm saying, What do you mean? I I I know what anger is. I know when I'm angry. What else is there to explore? You guys are making this sound so highfalutin and complicated. <laughs> I, I get a someone does someone acts like a jerk and I get angry and like what's to explore? I guess a simple question would be what kind of situations make you angry? The ones where other people are being jerks. Uh, so you usually get angry when people are being jerks. Hmm. What does that look like? When's the last time you got angry? I think those are the questions I would start asking to get them to kind of see that there's there's more than just your response. There's a response and that response comes after some kind of stimuli. Yeah. So right. emotions happen in a context and right. maybe we're not as aware as we could be about what types of contexts. Right, because what you often find are that people respond in specific ways to specific contexts. Right. right? And it's a pattern, really, of behavior. When I'm, uh, when my expectations aren't met, I'm angry. When someone doesn't do what I think they should do, in other words, I get angry. And that's an interesting thing because unless you are able to control the behavior of other people, uh, that's probably going to happen a lot in your life. <laughs> and so to be be able to understand that to maintain relationships, you may be. Uh, you may want to increase your tolerance of the unexpected and people disappointing you. Hmm. 
So, so again, there's, there's, again, there's, sorry, I just kind of rambled there for a minute. But understanding emotion is, is a lot more than just, I get mad, so what? It's, what do you get mad about? Hmm. When you get mad? Um, what do you do? Um, how does that affect your relationships? How does that affect your own life? How do people respond to you? in these situations Mm -hmm. there's a lot to that so part of what a therapist might be good at helping someone do is step back and not just describe the experience of the emotion but what these patterns of emotions to to take the thirty thousand foot view right um because i think that's something i think most of us would acknowledge that we don't spend a ton of time looking at patterns of emotions in our lives Mm -hmm. or really understanding the impact of um, emotions in our life, I guess. Emotions and the expression of emotions, I think, are sometimes we just don't completely, you know, vet those out as much as we should. Probably. What's an What's an example of that? Where someone um, they tell you, oh, "I I know what I know what it's like when I get angry," um, and you would say, "Well, maybe they don't really understand the impact of those emotions so much." Can you think about yeah, it? Yeah, you know, I can think of a few instances where. You know, I might have a client who actually has an anger problem when uh, their expectations aren't met. The first default emotion they have is anger, right? It's, it's they're, they're frustrated, they're angry, and there's a demand that the other person comply. And in situations like that, what you see are a lot of severed relationships, relationships that are just not, that are no longer, you know? Um, imagine being married to someone who demands that you change and if you don't, they're done, and they quit, and they're off. And so you, you see, and at some point they turn around and say, why is it I can't maintain a relationship? Why is it that I get feedback from people that I'm self-righteous? Why is it that I get feedback from people that um, they're frustrated with me and my lack of cooperation? Or um, So there's an mm-hmm. impact to these things. There's... So the, the kind of analytical way I think about this is that when, by talking about your feelings more, in, say in therapy with a, with a counselor or a therapist, they might help you clarify both the inputs, the things that lead up to emotions, and the outputs, the things that the emotions kind of result in, which maybe by nature we're not great at thinking about um, either really clearly or from a, a wider perspective. I agree. You know, the other thing that we can learn from these is, where did I get this behavior? And some therapists would maybe argue that's not important. Um, but, I, but I would argue that understanding how behavior patterns start can be a beneficial. Wait, process. I thought we were talking about emotions. <laughs> right, we are. Sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are a, What's a behavior pattern? So, um, in, in other words, let's say you watched your father... Um, you know, experience anger in a certain way, communicate anger in a certain way. Um, maybe he'd get explosive and he'd start yelling and throwing things around or uh, he'd hit you or, or whatever that is. I mean, you're watching a caregiver um, experience an emotion and express an emotion in a very unhealthy way. But if that's your only example, or if that's your example of how to experience anger, you may basically learn that pattern of behavior um, observationally. And sometimes it's beneficial, beneficial for clients to be able to say, like, oh, you know what? I think I have the same pattern 
that I saw in my father, whatever it is. I mean, not that you would blame that, but it, it can be comforting to say like, oh, I see where I got this. I, I came by it naturally. It's, I didn't just invent this. I came by this honestly, you know. So there's a, the way in which we um, act out our emotions can be the result of habits that maybe are pretty old and pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And the understanding where those came from can perhaps help undo those habits yeah. if they're problematic for you. I think so. I think so. I, I think it's, it's beneficial to be able to understand your the relationship that you have with emotions and, and maybe how that all developed. Hmm. Okay, so that's, I feel like that's a, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I feel like that's a decent case for um, why it might at least be helpful to think about uh, talking about your feelings in a little bit more structured kind of professional way with somebody if they're maybe getting problematic for you or people in your life. Um, but what, let's just, so let's kind of step back a little bit though. What are, what are some things as a therapist who talks about feelings all day long? That's what we do for a living, right? right. <laughs> in some ways. What are some what are some basic things about emotions that you feel like um, maybe most people uh, don't understand fully, or it would be helpful if they understood a little bit better? Like, what are some common maybe misconceptions or unknown ideas about emotion that you, as a therapist, might have some insight about? Mm, you know, I, I tend to talk about emotions a lot with my clients as uh, useful bits of information. Um, but like you, I think that many people don't understand how highly correlated their emotional experiences to the behaviors they engage in. Hmm. And so I guess this is a two-part answer. One, I think it's just really useful to know how, um, how significantly your behavior is impacted by your emotional experience um, and to recognize they might, that might not be a good thing. <laughs> what's, what's, like a, what's an example of someone who, in a subtle way, their behavior is really impacted by their emotion and they don't, they don't really notice it? Um, Let's say you've had a rough day at work and your mood's low, right? You're, you leave, you're driving home and uh, you've just had a rough day and you also have dinner plans with your friends that night. And then on the way home, you're thinking about the rough day you had and how exhausting it was and how frustrated you are with your coworker. And you just say, I'm not going to go to dinner. I'm going to call my friends and tell them, never mind. You know, I'm not going to do that. And so you call them up and you cancel plans. You don't go out, but you go home and, and uh, you sit there on your couch and you're frustrated and upset. And usually about an hour later, you're like, shoot, maybe I should have gone out with my friends. That probably would have been... Uh, fun, right? So, uh, end story. Uh, in, the, in that situation, um, your frustration at work, your overall mood was impacted, you didn't feel great, so you made the decision out of not feeling great to cancel plans with your friends. And so there's a behavioral um, strategy that you used in response to feeling blah uh, that probably didn't result in the most beneficial uh, outcome for you. Mm-hmm. So maybe there it's not that people don't understand because most people I feel like would say, yeah, I get that me feeling bad about work led me to feel bad about the idea of going out. But what, what you're pointing out is that um, we're not very good necessarily at predicting what the result is going to be. What the like, result's going to be. And, and a lot of people will say, 
you know, if I asked them, you know, oh, why didn't you go out with your friends? They would say, well, I just felt bad. Mm-hmm. And without really kind of picking up on that, um, if you really listen to your own response, you basically said, I did this thing because of a feeling. Mm. Right? And we all do this all the time. But I think if you really point it out to people and say, you're telling me that your behavior was completely dictated to you by an emotion you were having. As opposed to what? What else should our behavior be dictated on? There's, there's why it's worth talking about your feelings. Because you can start understanding um, that there, there's a host of other motivations for you to draw upon rather than your feelings for behavior. You can make the same decision driving home, you know, and say, man, I feel awful. This isn't great. I've had a rough day. And I'm going to go ahead and go out with my friends, have a good time, have some laughs, and, and, and do this thing. Or you can say, man, I'm, I'm not going to do either. I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to go out with my friends. I'm going to go, you know, check out this new restaurant that I've been wanting to go to and just kind of hang out. Or, but you don't have to do anything just because you feel a certain thing. And so I think that's why it's worth talking about your emotions because you start seeing, oh, wow, I make a lot of behavioral choices that are completely dictated by how I feel. Mm -hmm. And that strategy may not be paying off quite as much as I think it is. And even if we, so the example of if you decide to go out with your friends anyway, you could argue that, well, that's based on an emotion too. But the difference there is you're, you're basing your decision based on a future emotion rather than a present emotion. So there's a, right. there's a kind of flexibility in making a decision not just based on right now how I feel, but maybe on, that could lead to you missing out on some future feeling, which could be you know, even better. Better. And I, you know, I, I, I tell clients one thing I would factor into my uh, decision-making process and weight more than my emotion is a value, hmm. right? If you value friendships, if you value companionship, if you value um, those things, then you're probably more likely to go ahead and meet your friends than, uh, than not. So, um, you know, to wait, you know, I mean, I, the way we make decisions is interesting. It's another entire different set episode. But um, I think sometimes a discussion of feelings can help you see that there's a host of other variables you should be factoring into your decisions besides the way you feel. I, I would say that's the single best answer to the question of why you should talk about your feelings in a different in a different kind of way is because I think all of us, if we really pay attention, we make a shocking percentage of our decisions based on our feelings as opposed to our our genuine our values or our, what we really want, what what's it really important to us, and that's if you think about it, it's kind of a scary idea that you would go through life making the majority of your decisions based on how you feel rather than what you want. I mean, I think this is so prevalent. If you look at a lot of um, situations in your in your life, I mean, I think in some of the relationships um, I have, friendships, um, family members, whatever it is, um, it is really hard, I think, to to be in a relationship with someone who's constantly just dictated by pure pure emotion mm-hmm. and not values. You know, I mean, that's a really you know, and I will say, I'm not saying ignore your emotions completely, 
Um, I tell my clients all the time, I think emotions are kind of like gauges in a car, you know, in your dashboard. They're useful bits of information, but they don't entirely solve an equation, right? They don't entirely let you know what's going on, but they're useful bits of information. And I think you should acknowledge them, pay attention to them, look at, because they tell you something, Mm -hmm. but that probably shouldn't be the only thing you pay attention to. You know, if your car is making a crazy noise, but none of your gauges are lighting up, it doesn't mean you're okay necessarily. Um, And sometimes gauges go off when things are not bad, but need some attention. Um, So to treat them as part of a formula, not the formula itself, I think is the idea. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Thinking about emotions as um, bits of information. One one of the metaphors I I use is that um, we've all heard the, the phrase, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. You know, if you, if a bill collector starts rapping on your door, um, it's easy to open the door and get angry at the bill collector. But is that really the person who deserves the, <laughs> the anger? And is that going to um, solve it? Is that going to do anything? Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's another, it's a similar idea that we, our emotions are often, they're kind of messengers. They're like suggestions. Yeah. And sometimes they're helpful. Sometimes they're not so helpful. Um, but either way, kind of um, responding reactively to them or just trying to shut them up isn't necessarily a great strategy. Well, and, and, and to add one other thing, you know, I think, I think it is helpful to understand your emotions. Really helpful. I think sometimes people really don't understand. They don't want to talk about them because they're uncomfortable, but they don't really understand, you know, why it is that they get really anxious um, in certain situations or why it is that they get uh, depressed after, you know, a loss or why it, you know, they, they know they don't like it. They know mm-hmm. it makes sense given the context, but they really don't explore uh, what's going on there. You know, and some of our emotions tell us a lot about ourselves and a lot about um, some of the philosophies and rules we live our life by. Mm-hmm. And so talking about your feelings kind of helps you along the journey, I think, of being an expert at understanding yourself and hopefully... That's a goal for everybody. You kind of want to have a PhD in you, I would think. <laughs> okay, so one someone could say, well, okay, it's good to understand, you know, what things trigger my emotions and be more clear about what um, my behaviors based on my emotions are, and maybe where some of my um, emotional kind of habits originate from, but. Honestly, if you know, if I come down and sit down on the couch in therapy, and you ask me how I feel, um, what what good does it do me to say like, yeah, I feel sad? Mm. Like what? I mean, yeah, I feel sad. What's what's so great about saying I feel sad and saying it, you know, twenty different ways over the course of an hour? That would be a, a maybe slightly different conversation for me. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might look at what their expectation of therapy is at that point, too. <laughs> um, they may have a, an odd conceptualization of what's going to happen in that room. Because that's not all of what therapy is, I guess. So that's not the... but, but is there some value to, aside from the, the causes and the consequences and the behaviors around emotion, what about just talking about the actual experience and feeling of emotions? What do you think about that? Oh, man. Is, so you're asking, is there a benefit of just simply talking about someone's experience with emotion? Or so they're, they're expressing it, I guess. Let's do it right here. Okay. Todd, how are you feeling? Good. 
Good. Yeah. Completely good? Completely. What do you mean by completely good? Yeah. On top of the world? No, not on top of the world, but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm making it work. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it all good or is there maybe there's some not so good stuff in there too? Yeah, there's probably some not so good stuff in there. Okay. If you had to give that a name, what would you call those not so good things? <laughs> um, let's say I would call them anticipation, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uncertainty. Um, is that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah. How anticipation is that? Uh, does that feel good or uncomfortable? Maybe a little uncomfortable, okay. but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a positive tint to it, but a little uncomfortable. Okay. Um, but you said overall you were feeling pretty good. Yeah. So what are the other, those both sound kind of a little bit uncomfortable? What's the what's the good part of how you're feeling? Mm. You said uncertain and optimistic. There's a, there's oh. an optimistic part of some of those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? Mm, yeah, excited, I guess. Oh. Relieved. Cool. Yeah. Okay. End of role play. <laughs> so here's, if I just asked you how you felt and you said good, and I said, oh, cool, let's move, move on. Move on, right. Right? There's a few, I, I feel like there's a few important things that we would have missed out on mm-hmm. that are really interesting. So the first is, I, I feel like rarely do we ever, do we ever feel just one thing. Do you ever really just feel good? Right. Um, and what does that mean anyway? Good. Right. Like it, it, it's kind of vague and sort of bland even. Right. So when you drilled down, it turned out, well, there was some kind of positive feelings in there and some kind of negative feelings. Mm-hmm. Some of those feelings themselves were kind of tinged with negative and pot- something like anticipation can be. There can be an excitement about anticipation, but also kind of a nervousness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about right. anticipation, right? Um, so by kind of forcing you to elaborate a little bit more just about how you felt, not the causes of why you felt that way or what this was leading to or anything like that, if nothing else, I think it, it shows, gosh, our, something as simple as how do I feel, it's not actually that simple. Like it's kind of complicated. At a given moment, right. we, we actually feel a lot of different stuff. But I, I'm not sure that most of us think about it, though. I, I think we sort of tend to think, like, one moment, one feeling. And then different moment, different feeling. Um, Are you proposing that, that uh, understanding that um, our emotional experience with more specificity is somehow beneficial? Yeah. Because yeah. what, what, why? Well, if you're walking around all the time and every time someone asks you how you feel, you say, oh, you know, good, good, good. And you just, you're always saying, oh, yeah, you feel pretty good. But really, if you actually have a lot more emotional complexity kind of the, under the surface, that's going to lead to a lot of frustration that you kind of think to yourself, I feel good, right? Mm. That's what you're saying. That's what, um, that's how you're describing your experience all the time. But really, if that's not how you're actually feeling, that tension um could lead to a lot of frustration. Well, and, and I, 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 so I'm less clear about the, the the frustration or the tension, but it, but it seems to me that uh, being more aware of what you're really feeling could be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what I mean, if you uh, that awareness alone can be somewhat informative, um, help you understand yourself, your motivations, whatever it is, a little bit with more detail. Yeah, I mean, I if you 
I would want to know. I think I think I would. <laughs> it would be helpful to know that I really actually had five or six different emotions of varying degrees going on. If if we're thinking about emotions as bits of information, mm-hmm. right? You wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be picturing your dashboard as one gauge if there were really ten gauges underneath it. Right. Like I would want to know yeah. what those other those more specific gauges were telling me. Yeah. They're not necessarily important, but I wouldn't want to not know about them. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point that talking about your feelings leads to a more um, in-depth and um, detailed understanding of your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we talked about um, in a previous episode about uh, anger and how oftentimes when we get really angry, if we slow down and kind of pay attention... There's often some other emotion that precedes anger, right? Right, um, something like sadness or hurt or scared. guilt, scared, something like that, right? Um, but if this, if you've got this model running in your head that you you basically just feel one thing at a time, like good, bad, stressed, fine, that's not a lot of nuance, right? And if the the actual problem is you're feeling really scared, right? If you're kind of covering that over with anger and you don't see that you may be beating your head against the wall trying to deal with your anger but maybe the fact that you're sad is more helpful Mm. um but if if we don't get in the habit of thinking about how we're feeling with a little bit more complexity i think we lose a lot of information sure and and if you don't have that information it's really difficult to address uh the real issue yeah you may be you may spend all your time and energy chasing something that isn't actually the core, kind of the core problematic issue for yeah. you. Um, I see this in my couples work a lot where uh, some emotions are communicated. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of time spent on anger, um, jealousy, uh, specific emotions that don't have a lot of utility sometimes, uh, but that are usually the result of a, a different emotional experience that they're not tapping to, into or not aware of. And that actually by communicating that kind of primary emotion or the other, the granularity of that emotion, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot that your partner can do to, to help you with that. Yeah. And a lot you're able to do to kind of help yourself with that. Um, but yeah, if you're just constantly spouting anger, jealousy, whatever it is, not a lot can be done for those emotions mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. It's less useful sometimes. One of the things I like to do as a little like way to practice this is to think about your um, emotional kind of life or state at any given time as a pie chart. Mm-hmm. So we often assume that we just experience one emotion at a time, right? right? But usually it's a it's a collection. And maybe there's one big one, one big piece that tends to be the most dominant. Mm-hmm. But it can be really useful to ask the question, am I really just experiencing this one thing, right? Or are there other pieces in there? Or, or maybe... Okay, maybe it's not exactly sad. Maybe I'm feeling kind of uh, remorseful. Yeah. And maybe that's a subtle but important distinction to you. Yeah. Right? Um, or I'm feeling nostalgic or I'm feeling regret. Right? Or So kind of drilling down a little bit from that initial more broad description of how we're feeling can clue us into more interesting, maybe helpful well, and nuances. I like that. You also brought up another interesting tidbit too which is um, when you ask the question what do my emotions mean what do my feelings mean mm. uh, sometimes there's a really negative relationship we have with emotion right 
um, I get angry and yell at someone and then I feel guilty, right? Which is okay to feel. I feel guilty. Um, and then we end up saying, mm, because I feel guilty, you know, I'm a horrible person. You know, I'm a horrible person because I feel guilty. Mm. And that's, that's interesting. You know, I like to ask my clients a lot, what, what does that mean about you? You know, what, what does that mean that you feel this way? And you often get really warped um, ideas that they developed about what certain emotional experiences mean about them. Wait, why is that warped that if you feel guilty, it means you're a terrible person? Well, the way I think you, again, the way you kind of decipher emotion, I would say, well, what's the utility in kind of saying, because I feel a certain thing, it makes me bad, right? It makes me an awful person, right? I, I don't know that that's an accurate interpretation of what that emotion means. Why not? <laughs> um, Why doesn't feeling uh, angry or guilty mean that you're... That those are those are negative bad emotions, right? <laughs> Why doesn't that mean you're something wrong with you? Jeez, Nick, you keep using bad and good. And, <laughs> um, no, well, there's no such thing as a bad emotion. I don't think you know all, really? all emotions are emotions. I mean, some are more pleasant to experience than others. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. The experience of them can be different, but you know, to, to take an emotion and, and then kind of extrapolate from it some kind of um, meaning, sometimes I think. Um, can be hugely useful unless you don't do it right. (laughs) Um, So take guilt, for example. I did something, so I I yelled at my um, partner, and so I feel guilty now. Um, You know, again, if that guilt is kind of a gauge on your dashboard, it probably means, ooh, I I did something to someone I really care about that I'm not proud of. Hmm. And I value that relationship. And so I feel this, this guilt, right? And it's motivating me probably to, to repair that damage that I did. There's a useful, functional interpretation of an emotion, I think. Whereas if you have developed a different relationship with guilt, and it's a sign that you're a bad person, what does that, where does that get you? What does that, get, where does, what does that actually kind of translate into your life? So this seems like the don't shoot the messenger thing. The emotion itself isn't bad the action you took that led to the emotion may be something worth judging or or making a different decision based on yeah and and if you look at a lot of emotion it it it, they're they usually tell you kind of good things about you or or maybe yeah i might say that 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 feeling guilt actually means you care Hmm. if you didn't feel guilty after you did something wrong i might be concerned um but a lot of times when my clients say i feel guilty because i did X and that wasn't a good thing, you know, I would say, oh, yeah, good. That's a good thing, right? So this is something where I, I can't think, I, I, don't, I really don't think emotions are, emotions can't be good or bad. Right. And it, I think most people would agree, logically, if you're going to call something good or bad, it has to, there has to be some sort of agency behind it. You have to, if you don't, if you're not in control of something, it can't be good or bad. Right. Right. You you <laughs> right. can't morally be judged right or wrong for doing something you don't have any control right. over, right? I agree. I agree. Totally agree. Um, add that to the fact that none of us can control our emotions directly. No one yeah. decides to be angry or guilty or happy. Right. Therefore, if you can't control your emotion, if you can't decide to have an emotion, if you can't initiate it, right, you, it can't be a bad thing from a moral perspective. 
Agreed. Well, right. and I often tell my clients, never get in a fight with your feelings or your thoughts. <laughs> like you're going to lose every time, right? They just are kind of what they are. Um, how you deal with them, how you relate to them, how you express them. There's where a lot of the utility comes in, and and maybe some um, room for <laughs> judgment, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, try try falling in love and uh, love with someone purposely. Like force yourself to love someone. It doesn't work, right? Try hating someone that you really love. And it doesn't really work. Or, um, you know, try just telling yourself on a really awful day that you're, you're, you're truly happy. It doesn't really pan out usually. And you can, you can do that. And a lot of people do that, you know, with anxiety or depression. They say, I just don't feel this. I don't want to feel this thing. Make it go away. Stop feeling this way. Stop feeling this way. Stop feeling this way. And it just makes things worse. So I think about the, uh, the Chinese finger trap. Right. You ever put your right, fingers right, in those things? Right, right. Your, yeah. Your inclination is to pull harder outwards. Yeah. Right. Get out. But the of more you, the more you pull outwards, the tighter it gets. Yeah. And ironically, you have to actually push inwards for it to loosen up. Yeah. And be able to get your fingers out. So yeah, kind of leaning into your emotion or pushing into the emotion and really understanding it rather than just trying to get rid yeah. of it all the time. Which is hard to do if you're moralistic about your emotions. Right. If there's a judgment. Yeah. If you think it's like you're, if I have this, that means I'm bad. Right. So I got to get rid of it, and then I'll be good. Mm-hmm. That's an awful trap your mind lays for itself. 